possibly did. It is that the principle of the path says this, that direction, not intention, determines destination. Come and say that with me. Direction, not intention, determines destination. One more time. Direction, not intention, determines destination. What does that mean? That means that you can have the greatest intentions in the world, but if you're on the wrong path, no matter how great your intentions are, you will end up at the wrong destination. Man, that's a mm, that's a mm, right? Yeah, it is. Right? No matter how great your intentions are, well, I didn't intend to end up in this situation. A lot of people are in predicaments today they did not intend to be in. They did not plan to be in, right? But because they did not have any direction or they didn't follow directions, come on, did not follow directions, they ended up at a wrong destination. And so it is important that you understand the principle of the path, no matter if you're black, you're white, you're tall, you're short, you're thin, you're wide, whatever it is, it is the same for every person. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. So you have to be intentional when it comes to your destination. If I wanted to, on my way here to church today, I couldn't just say I'm going to get in the car and start driving anywhere and hope I end up at church. Guess what? I would have never showed up, right? I had to be intentional on my direction. Does that make sense to you? I had to know where I was going, what time I needed to be there, how to get there in order for me to arrive at where I wanted to be. If I just got in the car and said, I'm going to go left. Every time I see a left, I'm making left. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? But listen, our life is more important than that stuff, but yet we don't have direction for our life. And God has given us direction for our life, but yet we don't take it. And so uh, that's important to understand the principle of the path. Go to the next slide for me, Yuri, please. Um, Every path, write this down, has a predetermined destination. Every path has a predetermined destination. And I said this on uh, one of the weeks. I said that if you are getting on a plane, on that ticket, there is a plane number, right? There is uh, the plane that you're going to be taking, the gate number, and everything is there. And that pilot has specific instructions on where to take you, right? Every path has a predetermined. It's already been predetermined where that plane is going. So the path you're on now is not a path that you're going to see what happens, (laughs) Right? That path has a predetermined destination. If you are going to college or going back to school, there is a predetermined destination. If you stick with the program, what the intended end is supposed to be. Come on, somebody. And God does not want you living your life just blindly. Right? He has a destination for you. You got to believe that. He has a destination. And that's why you're here today to understand what that destination is. Look at somebody and say, God has a destination for you. What did he say? The next slide, Yuri, he said, uh, when you see trouble, we said this last week, coming, don't ignore it. <laughs> Thank you. Y'all help me preach. Come on, give me a mic. Do, do something. I mean, that's crazy. If you're standing in the street and the car's coming, you say, well, I hope God does something. No, you do something. Right? And so many times we put the onus on God and God's saying, I've given you the ability to do something. Come on. I, I've given you the capacity to do something. Don't wait on God. God. God has already done his part by empowering you. And the question is, why aren't you do something? When you see trouble coming, don't ignore it. I, I mean, I, I have one or two family members that I love to pieces, but they just think that things fix themselves. Do you know anybody like that? They just think that things fix themselves. And guess what? Newsflash, things don't fix themselves. 
don't know if you knew that or not, but things don't fix themselves. You know, they don't automatically just start working the right way. That's not how this goes. You have to do something. And no matter how much I would tell them, you know, if you want to get out of this situation, here's the wisdom in it. This is what you need to do. No, no, no. God's going to work it out. I said, okay. Ten years later, in the same situation because God has given them the power to make that change. So you got to do something. The scripture that we looked at in Proverbs uh, 27 and 12 says that the prudent see danger and take refuge. But the simple keep going and you end up doing what? Paying a penalty. The simple-minded person just says, well, I see danger, but I'm going to ignore it. Yeah, I, I have a problem going on, but I'm going to ignore it. Yeah, the, everything around me is falling apart. Yeah, I, I have a credit card issue, but I'm going to act like that next month God's going to wipe my debt away. How many times have we done heard that one before? <laughs> Supernatural debt cancellation without no discipline. It's not going to happen. And here it is. I heard this one time, I, and, and this is so true. I remember hearing Bill Wilson teach on supernatural debt cancellation, uh, and he said that he said, "Not how God canceled his debt. God gave him more money in his hand in order to cancel his debt." And that just, for me, just a light bulb came on. I don't know why, but a light bulb came on, and I started looking. When Ray and I were believing God to become debt free, we started looking, and every time when we would believe it, God would give us extra income. And we knew that income was not for us to go say, yes, I'm about <laughs> we're about to go get some new clothes. We've been trying to go out all week. Let's go out. No, no, no. We knew that that extra income was to wipe away our debts because God was giving us discipline while he was wiping out our debts. Come on. So I'm not going to sit here and wave a wand over you and say supernatural debt income cancellation when you have no, when you have no discipline. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Yeah, because you know why? Because everybody wants to, the preacher to wave a magic wand to get rid of all your troubles, and you'll be back in the same situation you was if you don't know how to live a life that is disciplined and prudent. So that when you get out of debt and God clears it, that you won't get back into it. Man, that's a hard point. I know y'all quiet. Y'all like, I don't like that preaching. I don't like that preaching. <laughs> Almost there. Next slide, Yuri. Uh, I want you to write this down. If you don't have it, take a picture with a prudent person is real quick. A prudent or slash wise person is the person that evaluates everything within the context of the future. Right? What is this decision going to cost me? Right? What is this relationship going to cost me? Right? How many of us have been in some costly relationships? Come on. Come on. Don't get quiet. Don't get quiet. Been there. Right? Right? Before I got married, I was in a costly relationship. Right? Did not, was not with the right person. We've all been there. Friendships. Right? Costly relationships. Right? Because what? We did not view it in the context of the future. <laughs> Matter what somebody had told me this stuff, like I'm telling y'all. Right? So from now on, moving forward, you got to, one, know your self-worth in the kingdom of God. And when you know your self-worth, then you, you begin to view things in the context of the future. This decision is not healthy. Uh, this applies in everything. It's a principle that applies in everything, even in your eating habits. I love Haagen-Dazs. Can't you tell? I love Haagen-Dazs. <laughs> I can sit down and pipe down a pint of Haagen-Dazs and not even breathe. They used to make this flavor called honey vanilla. I don't know if you ever heard of honey vanilla. God gave them that recipe. 
God, I'm telling you, God came down from heaven and gave them the recipe for honey vanilla. I, I, I would, no lie, I would consume massive amount of honey vanilla. And I can sit there and just, just go through it. Don't let me have a rough day. Oh, boy. That just gives me a reason to eat a pint of honey vanilla. And then what, one day they went out of uh, honey vanilla flavor, just went. And I, I literally called corporate just going off. I said, how could you get rid of honey? My wife's like, yes, he did. How could you get rid of honey vanilla? That is the best flavor ever. But now I realize God did me a favor <laughs> by getting rid of honey vanilla. Now, you know I love Wawa's. I put an S at the end of it. People say only New Yorkers do that. Wawa's, right? I, I love it. Uh, uh, and I, I used to get the white chocolate mint uh, 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 latte. And every day I had to have my, my calorie dose. Do you know they got rid of that two weeks ago? I think God is testing me. He's really testing me, right? He, because I, I, I'm consuming those calories, not thinking about the context of the future and how unhealthy those things are. So I, had, I needed a spiritual intervention. Sometimes God will step in. But what prudent, wise people view things in the context of the future. However, you go to the next slide, a simple or naive person views events as disconnected. Like what I do today has nothing to do with tomorrow. What I do today has no repercussions on my tomorrow. You view things as disconnected. No broader context than me in the moment. It's all about now. I need those shoes now. Cyber Monday, I need to buy everything now. Come on, don't get quiet on me. I need that dress now. I need this now. I need to go eat this now. All those things are viewed in the context of now, not looking at the future. Don't be naive or simple-minded. Be prudent and be wise. Is this helping somebody here today? And I know it hurts. It hurts. But where you don't have knowledge, go get some education on it. Go learn about finances. Go learn about eating better. Go learn about those things. Amen? Amen. So now I don't drink regular milk. I try to drink soy milk. I'm trying, church. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Right? Not that I like soy milk. I'd rather have my whole milk. But I'm trying. I don't, I don't, I don't eat fruity cereals anymore. I tried it. I'm, I'm just eating Cheerios. I'm trying. Right? Because I'm trying to think about my life in the context of the future. <sighs> right? Cash you, but whatever, whatever. Just, just do better. Look at somebody and say, do better. Look at this next statement real quick, and I want you to write this down. Take a picture of the things that capture our attention and influence our direction. <laughs> the things that capture our attention influence our direction. Man, that's a powerful statement, right? So the question is, and I'm about to wrap it up in 10 minutes, is what is capturing your attention? Because whatever captures your attention has the ability to influence your direction. Right? If something over here is capturing your attention, guess what you do? You turn your body in the direction of your attention. And normally when we use the word capture versus something that you pay or give your attention to, and a capture and attention is normally an emotional decision. It captured me. I remember when I saw my wife, she captured my attention. <laughs> I didn't have to pay attention. She just captured my attention. Listen to the term, captured, captured, caught it. Sila. Captured it. Just caught it. And how many wrong things in our life has captured our attention? <sighs> captured it. 
caught it, kept it, right? You didn't have to pay it or give it. It captured your attention. There's some wrong things that have captured our attention. There's some things that we have put in, in wrong positions that have captured our attention. Go to the next slide for me, Yuri, real quickly. Uh, we must choose where to give our attention because things that capture our attention can be a distraction, and distractions normally lead to destruction. And this is a book, right? Choose where you give your attention to. Let, listen, know your value and your worth and understand that my attention is so valuable that I just can't give it to everybody. You know, when I was younger, I used to give my attention to everybody. You know, I wanted to help the whole world. I've been, I've been preaching for over 20 years. I know I look young. Don't, don't, I know, I know. But I've been preaching for over 20 years. I've been preaching and preaching and preaching for 20 years. And, man, I used to always want to help everybody, 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 everybody. I want to help this person. My, all of, and then I realized that I can't do that. I can't help everybody, right? But as you get older in life, then you become more choicey or more selective on where you put your attention. Because you realize, Carol, that your time is limited. When you were young, you thought you would live forever. But as you mature, you realize, I'm not going to live forever. We all got to leave here one day. And guess what? I want to make sure that when I leave here, my life matters. I want to make sure my life matters. Thank you. I want to make sure that I made an impact for the kingdom of God. So you have to choose where you put your attention. Come on, church. I don't know if you ever heard of Reinhard Bunke who was an, an international evangelist, and he just passed away yesterday at the age of 79. Awesome man of God. And I was reading something on him, and they said that he was personally responsible through his crusades for leading over 70 million people into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I said, okay, if the reporter was even half wrong, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's still amazing. Right? If he was half, the report just exaggerated by 50%. It's still in the millions, 40 million people respond. If they were even wrong with that, and it was down to 20 million, it's still amazing. And the thing is, your life, you want your life to matter. But he had put all his attention towards doing what God had called him to do. And he would say, uh, my wife and I talk about it all the time. He was in an interview, and he talked about for years, he had five people show up at his revivals, 20 people show up at his revivals, 15 people show up at for years. And he knew that God had called him to do this. And one day, it just exploded. And now, on his way to glory, he was responsible for millions receiving Christ. Be cautious on where you put your attention. There's some numbers you just got to delete out of your phone. Come on, there's some people I had to block. I had to go through Facebook and just stop just deleting people. You, it's a good time to do that. It's December. Yeah, th th listen. And then, may, come on, help me, help me preach. Give a mic. There may be seasons <laughs> where you need to do that, right? Just get rid of it. Why? Because that's wisdom. I have to choose where I give my attention. Because I cannot be successful with my attention spread all over the place. So I don't worry about whether I got 5,000 members and I'm at the max. I don't care that I only have 2,000 people. I don't care. Because half of those 2,000 people, I don't even know who they are anyway. Come on, let's be honest. Come on, y'all. You probably only know about 20 of the people that's actually on your Facebook. Right? So what? Be careful when you give your attention because now everybody can just in inbox you or just message you. Too much access. Why can't a millionaire inbox me? I mean, that's what I want. I'm waiting for. <laughs> All the crazy people got to inbox me. Pastor, you know, okay. 
Four scriptures we're going to pray. Deuteronomy 7 and 12. I want to talk about real quickly some situations where God asks people to pay attention. So here are the people of Israel. You know the story, right? They, they, they were in Egypt in captivity, being brought out of captivity, going through the wilderness, and God sent Moses, right, to get him out of the situation. I'm taking you to a land flowing with milk and honey. I'm going to give you your old territory. This is awesome. And then God gives them this instruction. In order for them to get from where they are to where he has called them to be, he says, if you pay attention, which means that, hey, uh, this season, there's not going to there's going to be nothing in this season that is going to capture your attention. This is a season where you have to pay attention. Y'all get the difference? Yes, there's some seasons where things capture your attention, and there's some seasons where you just grind it out, just trying to be obedient and faithful. Has anybody ever been there before? Yes. Right? Showing up for church. I don't feel like going, but I'm going to show up for church. Why? Because I have to pay attention which means it's going to take some effort for me to do this. If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then the Lord your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your forefathers. You will be able to be blessed. But how? If you pay attention. So the enemy loves to distract you. He's always trying to distract us. And we live in a day and age where it is easy to be distracted. Man, it's so easy to be distracted from your phone to what's on TV. Everything is so distracting. But this is a time where you must pay attention. Go to the next scripture. He said the same thing. Uh, David said this awesome thing when David was going through some some situations and trials. He says, direct me, Lord, (laughs) in the path of your commandments, for there I will find the light. Turn my eyes away from worthless things, man. Write that down, take a picture, do something. I want to highlight worthless things. Right? And how many, this is a good prayer. This is a good prayer. If you don't know anything else to pray this week, I want you to pray Psalms 119. Pray this prayer. Direct me, Lord, in the path of your commandments, for there, that's where I'm going to find peace. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. How many of us have our eyes on some things that are worthless? Right? Whether it's a promotion, whatever it is, things that only serve you, that don't serve the kingdom, and he can get no glory out of it. He says, God, turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Preserve. Don't let me be captured by distraction. God. Don't let me be captured by distraction. And sometimes we allow ourselves to be captured by distractions. Oh, man. Don't get captured by distractions. I was that kid in school. Teacher couldn't sit me near the window because I'd be dreaming. So I'm a pastor. I'm a dreamer. <laughs> right? Man, ca- you sent me by the window in school. I, that was it. My, my, I was gone. Teacher be teaching. I'm just thinking about birds and planes and Distractions, distractions, right? Pray this prayer this week, Lord, turn my eyes away from worthless things. That's my prayer. God, and and that's why as a ministry, we have those four pillars of our ministry to help people, what? Know God. What else? Find freedom. Come on. Discover purpose and what? Make a difference. Those are the four things that our ministry does. That's it. 
We do those four things. We help you personally do those four things. Why do we have those four pillars? So that we will not go towards worthless things. Because there's so many great ideas out there. Everybody wants to do everything, but God, these four pillars are what you called us to do as a church, and guess what? That's going to help us turn our eyes away from worthless things. You need to have a mission statement for your life. What is God calling you to do? This is a good time to say 2020 is coming. What do I want to accomplish in 2020? Maybe you want to lose 10 pounds in 2020. Don't say 50 pounds. If you happen to lose it, great. Start off with 10. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to go to the gym at least once a week. Have some goals for your life, right? So you can turn your eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Man, that's a good prayer that David prayed. Go to the next scripture, Yuri, right there. We're almost there. Proverbs, here it is, the wisest man that's ever lived. We looked at Solomon before. When we looked at Solomon, and Solomon said this. uh, He said, let your eyes look straight ahead. Right? Don't be distracted by everything going left and right, because how many many people know we can do that? Right? Don't be distracted by things going left and right. Here you are. You're focused on God, and the enemy would love to send some noise over here. Right? He sent some family issues over here. Come on, talk to me here, somebody. He'll send an old relationship back here trying to creep up to the front. Y'all, come on, y'all know I'm telling the truth, right? He'll send some financial situations from over there to start creeping towards you. Why? Because you're, you're focused. And what the enemy wants to do is to cause you to go like this. What did Peter do? Peter gets out the boat. And Peter gets out the boat in the middle of a storm, Carol. And guess what happens? He says, he takes his eyes off of Jesus. And he starts looking at the waves. And the minute he starts looking at the waves, he starts to sink. And that's what the enemy wants you to do, to sink. So that you don't have a praise. You don't have a prayer life. You don't have a worship life. Why? Because your eye and your head won't be fixed on what is ahead. you got to have tunnel vision in the kingdom. Because the enemy wants to distract you and cause you to sink. But you got to fix your intentions, your decisions. (laughs) Gosh. Your gaze directly before you. Don't get distracted. Man, I mean, come on. The Bible's talking to somebody in here today. Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. This week, I want you to hear me in your voice, in your head, saying, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Don't let the enemy distract you. Guess what? He has studied you enough. Got one more scripture we're going to pray. He has studied you and he knows what distracts you. Ah. Uh, he knows. If you like him like a Coca-Cola, he's not going to sit him there. If you like him like this, he's not going to sit him like tall, he's not going to sit him short. He knows. <laughs> Come on, if you like Denzel, he's not going to sit Fat Albert. He's going to sit whatever it is. Whatever it is. He knows what you like. He knows you want his hair smooth or you want it kinkly. Whatever you have you want, he knows. <laughs> he knows what you like. <laughs> you good with Ben. Ben don't have no hair. You good. You good. <laughs> right? Don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Look at somebody and say, don't get distracted. Right? Block some people. Don't get distracted. And the enemy will send people in your life just to distract you. <sighs> I got a call a couple of weeks ago from somebody that I had a lot of respect for, and man, they were a distraction. 
And I hung up from that call upset, angry, frustrated. And I was like, I'm just mad. Because they were a distraction. Here I am, I'm fixed ahead. And they, distraction. So guess what I do? I don't answer their calls anymore. Because I'm in a season where I need to be focused. Gosh. I need to be focused. We're building a church. I got to stay focused. Yeah, there's issues. Yeah, there's this. Yeah, I know I need to really fix it. Yeah, but I got to stay fixed and focused and don't get distracted. Don't get distracted. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Man, this is good stuff. Don't get distracted. So as you exit one year into another, God's telling somebody here, don't get distracted. Go home today and get rid of all your distractions. I'm not saying your spouse, but go home and get rid of, because <laughs> can't get rid of your kids, right? But there may be things <laughs> in our life that's distracting us, right? If you got to cut off your cable, cut it off. Not because you can't pay the bill, but because maybe it's a distraction. Whatever you got to get rid of that's a distraction, get rid of. This next, this next scripture says in Matthew 6 and 22, because Jesus picked up the whole conversation as well. He said, the eye is the lamp of the body. Where the eyes wander, where your attention goes. Where your eye wanders, your attention goes. I can't look at Rob and not think about Rob, unless I'm daydreaming. Right? <laughs> but where my eyes go, that's where my attention goes. So goes the rest of you. Man. If this room is dark and I have a little light cut on, guess what? My eyes go where the light is, and my body goes wherever my eyes go. How did I end up in this situation? Because you allowed your eyes to lead you, and your body goes where your eyes go. It's not that hard. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. So I keep my eye on the word. (laughs) I keep my eye on the word. I keep my eye on the word so that my eyes are on the word. My body will follow the word. Last scripture. Hebrews 2 and 1. Last scripture. We pray we must pay more careful attention. Therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. (laughs) Right? Pay attention. Your walk cannot just be, I'm just going to get in my car and just, if we have a GPS naturally, why don't we have a GPS for our spirits? We got to live this walk on purpose. I want you to write this statement down. or take a picture of the statement. Get Yuri. Distractions can change your destination. Distractions can change your destinations. Distractions, anybody agree with that? Can change your destination. I remember when, I, when we were living in New York, <coughs> you know, we would go, we, when we didn't have any plans on the 4th of July, we would go uh, looking for fireworks. This is a dumb thing to do. So we, <laughs> we, we'd go out, get in the car, and we'd just look for fireworks, and we'd go, let's drive over there. <laughs> and we'd drive over there. Oh, let's drive over there. It, what, distractions can, will change your destination. You have to be careful. How, I, how many of us were distracted by some things that we wish we had never got distracted by because it changed our destination? 
right? There's some people you say, man, if I just missed that bus, I would have never met Johnny Knucklehead. <laughs> Come on, right? <laughs> if I had just went to another restaurant and didn't go to that one, I would have never met someone. Man, distractions would change your destination. Go to the next statement, Yuri, real quickly. Uh, uh, what has captured, the two questions I want to leave you with today, what has captured your attention from which you need to free yourself? I want you to work this question out this week. What has captured my attention to which I need to free myself? And don't be like, I'm good. Ain't nobody, everybody got something. I'm good, Pastor. I don't need nothing. Okay, Jesus. All right, but listen, he says, <laughs> what, what has captured my, Rob, you can come up because I'll just, <laughs> what has captured our attention from which you need to free yourself? And then the last question I want you to ask yourself, what do you need to give slash pay more attention to and be more intentional? Right? What are, what's intentional? Maybe I need to spend more time with my kids. Right? Don't just give them the iPad and let them sit in front of the TV. Spend more time. Maybe I need to spend more time with my spouse. Maybe I haven't been giving them any, enough attention. Right? Uh, what do I need to pay? Watch this, because paying attention is effort. Effort. <laughs> it takes effort to do that. Effort. My wife and I have to put effort in having a date night every month. Effort. Because if not, life just kind of takes over. I have to pay attention and be intentional. When you are paying attention, it has to be intentional actions. That makes sense to everybody? And that last statement I have there, Uriah, the principle of the path, we end up back there. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. So as you close your Bibles, my question to you is what path are you on? <laughs> what path are you on? And today as a pastor, uh, my heart is that you get on the path that Christ has set for you. For in Jeremiah, he said, I know the things I have planned for you. He says, things that you may prosper. God wants you to have the best. He said, hey, as a matter of fact, I go before you and I make the crooked road straight. I mean, what an awesome God. I go before you, I make every crooked road straight for you. Hey, if that's not good enough, we say, hey, I'll give you my word to be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway so you won't ever have to walk in the dark. God wants you on a good path. He has great things for you to do. This walk has to be an intentional walk. And so I want you to put your Bibles down. I want you to stand to your feet. And some of us may, I mean, we're on all different kinds of paths. But church, only what you do for Christ will last. Man, if you become a gazillion tomorrow, so what? Only what you do for Christ will last. Wealthy people die from cancer and illnesses and suicides and all that stuff. But only what you do for Christ will last. And I want to encourage your heart today that this awesome thing called Christianity is not about a religion. It's about a relationship. And Jesus is more desperate to have a relationship with you than you are or you can ever imagine. He wants to have a relationship with you. And when it's about relationship, it's easy for me to come to church because I come because I just want to be in his presence. Yeah, I've been in his presence at home, but something happens when we come together and get into his presence. 
It's easy for me to show up because it's about relationship. And so this week, there may be some choices you may have to make. Maybe some choices. You may have to reprioritize some things. Because we got Jesus way down here. And we got everything else. And when we get time, we'll get to Jesus. We'll get to Jesus. I know he was the one that woke me up and gave me help. But I'll, I'll get to you later. I'll get to you later. I got you. But you don't understand, putting him first puts everything else in order. It makes everything else better. I told my kids this week, I said, do you know why we're blessed? We're blessed because I, I put God first. I said, me putting God first causes you to be blessed. Causes us to live blessed. I have to put him first. I said, if I don't put him first, you'll see everything in our life change. Everything will change. Not for the better, but because I put him first, he takes care of us. He puts a roof over our head. He gives our body help and strength because I put him first. I want you to lift those hands up and just, I you just worship one more time and let God fill your heart. I want you to fall in love with him like I love him so much. He's, he's worth more than anything in this world. Let's just worship him for a minute. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place of the atmos. Your glory, God, is what our hearts yes. are to be Let 